1: From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a program on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or are listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. By the way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show I'm sitting here. Sitting over there, about eight feet away, ten feet away. That's probably ten. Uh, a safe social distance. I bet away. it's like
0: five to the table and then five across, ish.
1: Duchess of the Dork, Ashley Peckle. I don't. I'm not good at measuring, measuring. Like,
0: do you know you can do that on your iPhone?
1: Yes. Have you I done?
0: Have you ever used the I measurement thing? It. We went to hang up uh, some. My brother got me some lights for christmas that go up in your apartment and we were trying to figure out like exactly where like how much we needed on each side he did it on his phone and it was perfect i was incredibly impressed i was like i would Mm. probably figure out a way to mess that up
2: yeah
1: i i I don't know if i trust i'm I'm sure i trust the software
0: i don't know yeah it would be a big user error (laughs) anyway you can Um, do that on your phone fun fact
1: (laughs) today is tuesday february 2nd 2021 296 days till thanksgiving episode one thousand. 103. 1,103. This is the number of at-bats for Johnny Grubb in his illustrious Texas Rangers career from 1978 to 1982. On today's show, my friends, we will unveil a new off-season topic, or a new off-season standby, because, you know, normally on Tuesday, we talk with Craig Way. Mm-hmm. We don't want to bother Craig. No. Craig's busy. He's got basketball. I think he's got basketball in the night, right? Yes. Uh, Texas yeah. plays... Someone basketball um so we don't want to bother him so but we need a tuesday standby we yeah need something we can do on tuesday tuesday's a
0: good day of shows
1: it's hot take tuesday that's right it's hot take tuesday we'll talk about that we'll talk about a column i wrote on texasfootball.com uh it's it's the hottest take very hot take we'll talk about that coming up here <laughs> in the back half of the show we're going to roll out begin our series of post-mortems for college football se- teams across the state of texas as we get ready for new college football season yeah. In uh, in a couple of days, but we're going to roll out our FBS postmortems. So we're going to start with Baylor, Houston, and North Texas coming up here. at the back out of the show. Excuse me. Do we have first, fourth, of the door?
0: We sure do. It was Allison Brown, Aaron Flynn, Rob Hathaway and Tony Blaylock. Allison Brown says she's got a toothache and just
1: the worst.
0: T's and P's out to Allison, our girl out in East Texas, because that's just that's just one of those things. Like it's not the worst thing in the world, but mm. it's very annoying.
1: Mm. It's up there. It's up there. Tooth pain. Yeah, tooth pain is the worst. <laughs> All right, pickle. It is my distinct pleasure to kick off the inaugural edition of Hot Take Tuesday. That's right, it's Hot Take Tuesday. We we definitely need a theme for
0: this. Yeah, this, we, we do. going to come up with this. I have a cool graphic made for like posting it, but I haven't gotten to the. I need to listen to like. <laughs> I need to find like some metal music. Like, was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, We will. uh, We need to green screen you with a guitar (laughs) It's
1: Hot Take Tuesday It's Hot Take Tuesday We are um, You know Some of the takes will be very hot Some of the takes will be relatively mild But what we're going to do is we're going to talk about We're going to post a a column every Tuesday on TexasFootball.com From Mm -hmm. a different member of the Dave Campbell staff And then we're going to talk about it here on the show Which means you'll get ish
0: time for everyone asking (laughs) You'll get ish, you'll
1: get Shahan, you'll get Steph, you'll get Powers You'll get Will, you'll get Pickle, you'll get everybody Okay but I, I I called for the ball first. I called ISO. Mm-hmm. I called ISO and I said, I got my, I'll take the first hot take Tuesday. I'll take the first hot take Tuesday. And my hot take you can find on TexasFootball.com. Which is, why in a season that was so chaotic everywhere around it, mm-hmm. did the 2020 Texas high school football season play out so chalky? Okay? And if you don't believe me, you can go and read the piece on TexasFootball.com, but... Frankly, it was a relatively predictable mm-hmm. season. Now, this is not to sit here and, and and kiss our own butt as far as our predictions in the magazine are concerned. Because God knows we got a lot wrong in the magazine, too. Right. But from a couple of certain measures, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that the 2020 Texas high school football season, 2020-2021, whatever you call it, was pretty by the book yeah pretty chalky Uh, take a look at the numbers okay we had a grand total of two first-time champs now that's Mm -hmm. about in line with what we've had the past couple of years 2017 we had four that was a crazy year 2016 we had three but then 2019 2018 we had two We had two again Mm -hmm. okay but if you take a look at the number of state champions that started the year ranked outside their top five, not top ten, not the entire rankings, the top five, there was only one
2: mm-hmm.
1: preseason team outside the top five Gym that N- won a state championship, and that was Jim Ned. Now, Jim Re- N- Ned went from completely unranked mm-hmm. to state champions, so that is relatively unpredictable in 3A Division One. Yes. and if you want to zoom in and say 3A Division One was relatively unchalky. Yeah, or chalkless.
0: Yeah, that was I probably would, the biggest. I one. would agree with you. Mm-hmm.
1: I would agree with you. But writ large, overall, you took a look up and down. All the other eleven UIL state champions started the year in the top five. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And again, that's not for for me to kiss our own butt. That's me saying that 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 is relatively chalky because if you take a look at what the. Um, you know how we end up doing predictions. A lot of it comes down to, um, you know, how good you've been in the past, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of returning starters you have, right. uh, what's your district draw, things like that. We we tr- we we break down a lot of data and put it together. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you know, a lot of the uh, basically a, a lot of it comes down to whether or not you know what we what we think of you going forward has a lot to do with what you've done in the past, mm-hmm. and as a result. You take a look at the, at the, at the first-time champs. Jim Ned, okay, the yep. first-time champ. Yeah. Again, they're kind of the outlier in this situation. Mm-hmm. The other one's Balmeray. Yeah. But
0: Balmeray... <laughs> has a legend coaching them.
1: And Balmeray started the year number one. Mm-hmm. Balmeray went wire-to-wire wire at number one and won a division two. So mm-hmm. I would not classify that. I would put that more in the chalky category than I would yep. there. So I wanted to look into this and why the 2020 Texas high school football season was so chalky. Despite the besides, despite all of yeah, this
0: the entire world not just right. Texas high school football at this point despite
1: <laughs> the chaos going around it why did that result in a relatively predictable Texas high school football season from a state championship perspective and i've three theories on that three theories one is defensive experience mm-hmm. okay if you look at the 12 teams that were state champions uh, in, in, in the UIL, all but one of them had the majority of their, retur- of their starters returning on defense, okay? That one was Carthage, by the way. The one was Carthage. Right. Carthage had two returning starters coming back. Basically, everyone else had a lot of their defense coming back. Mm-hmm. And when you had a season where you didn't have an off season, Mm-mm. where you weren't able to have that kind of install... On your uh, and you weren't working, you know, the advantage was you didn't have to work in so many new pieces on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. The offense will figure it out. The offense comes together. But the defense stood tall for these teams, mm-hmm. every single one of them. I mean, you look at it, it's, it's five starters for Westlake, six for Katie, seven for Ryan, six for Alito, mm-hmm. seven for Argyle, five for Jim five for Canadian, seven for Shiner, eight for Winthorst, and then four and six mm-hmm. for the two six-man teams defensive experience I think led to a, a large complement of the returning starters on the defensive side those teams fared better mm-hmm. is what we found out because I think you know you didn't have to install your, your defense and you had right. that kind of leadership and that known commodity on the defense that's
0: side. one of those things too you can basically like they can sit there at home and study the schemes and study the mm-hmm. plays and all that stuff and be able to go out there and produce it on the offensive side there's so much chemistry that you have to build a lot of reps that's 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 where it comes into a physical aspect
1: and so having that returning experience on defense I think really played a role secondly and this one's probably obvious to people but I think pedigree played Mm -hmm. a big role that you know we say a lot around here that I think the first state championship for a program is the hardest one to win uh because after that you go just go do that we we know we can do it we believe we can do it that this is not some sort of uh, goal that's way out there that we're never going to be able to achieve we've done it before and as a result you take a look at the 12 success tends to breed success you look at the 12 fbs teams in this, or um, 12, FBS, 12 12 uil <laughs> state <down> champions <laughs> the 12 uil state champions this year now have a combined 48 state championships Yep. now obviously there's a couple of those right uh, you, uh, Alito's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Katie's doing a lot of heavy lifting right. on that one. I think they have 19 combined, right? But you're talking about pedigree there. You're talking about a lot of uh, basically all but two are now multiple time state champions. Pedigree ended up winning out and being a decisive factor. I mm-hmm. think.
0: I think having the experience of understanding how to play in a mm-hmm. season that long is where the pedigree mm-hmm. comes into it, especially when you look at the 5 and 6, eight guys. I mean, they were pushed back four weeks and played all the way into January. So a coach that understands how to get his players to go out there and practice for that many weeks is a big mental task to get past.
1: The other one, and my third, my third theory as to why the 2020 Texas high school football season was so chalky is coaching stability.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you look at the 12 state champions, and especially, you know, we thought about this, we, we had conversations about this in the off season, about all these guys who are getting hired. Mm-hmm. And we're talking with, I remember one who had Jeff Miller, the, when he got hired mm-hmm. uh, from Rockdale at Sci Fair. Uh, and, and, and we were talking with him and he's talking about, yeah, like I've Zoomed with my kids. Yeah, but I've never met I've them. I've never been in the same room with Mm-mm. them. And that was a common recurrence for a lot of, of different a lot of teams mm-hmm. okay and it's not just first-year coaches but like I think you need time to cultivate a culture oh, yeah. and to build and, and to install what you want in a program and if you look at the 12 state champions they all had that mm-hmm. Daniel Boddicker at Shiner is in his second year he is the most junior quote-unquote mm-hmm. of the state champions there the other ones, Matt Fanning and Jim Nett, again, they're a bit of an outlier. Yeah. it Just overall. Every other team, every player on that, on that, on that squad, that's the only head coach they've ever had.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone. Yep. Trey Sisko at, at Sterling City is in his fourth year, and then you've got guys, I mean, Tim McCannon. Buchanan. Tim McCann's a bit of a, an odd situation because he he was longtime head coach. Left. Became AD, mm-hmm. but he's been around the program, mm-hmm. right? Gary Joseph is in his 17th season, right? Todd, or I, I'm sorry, seven, I should mention, 17th season at Katy, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Todd Rogers in his 18th season at Argyle, mm-hmm. right? Chris Ketting's in his 11th season at Canadian, okay? Todd Dodge is in his 7th season at Wesley. That coaching stability, I think, paid dividends for these teams. And as a result... You know, we talk about what makes a team a, a favorite, What, like how we go into doing our rankings in the preseason and how we start figuring out, hey, which teams do we think are going to be pretty good? Mm-hmm. These are a lot of things that we, we end up looking at. And I think when you take a look back, with the power of hindsight, I think we're able to look back and say, you know what? Those things played an even bigger role when the world's all going to, to kablooey. Mm-hmm. Those, those things that tend to stand up, stood even taller oh, yeah. in the 2020
0: season. Uh, Step commented, too, that uh, Boddicker and Fanning were both in program hires. So right. there's were, there's the stability. Those aspect. were internal hires.
1: So those are guys that even though, yeah, even though Daniel Boddicker is only in his second year as the head coach at Shiner, he's been around that program for a long time, for a lot longer, mm-hmm. right? Matt Fanning, same thing at Jim net. He's only in his third year as the head coach, but he's been in that program for a long time. Yeah. That coaching stability, I think the pedigree, and I think the mm-hmm. defensive experience, those things are always things we look at whenever we're making predictions. And I think that, you know, in in what felt like an unpredictable 2020 season, mm-hmm. what ended up happening is that it went back to these fundamentals. Yep. And that's, to me, why the 2020 Texas high school football season, despite all the chaos surrounding it, mm-hmm. Played out relatively chalky on the field.
0: Ed made a really good point too, real fast. That most of the state runner-ups were mm-hmm. pretty much the traditional powers as well. Yeah. So it shows, like even just to get there, that's basically what you needed I to mean, have.
1: Right. I mean, look, six uh, a you had South Lake Carroll, right, and mm-hmm. you had Cedar Hill. Yep. Right. Five a Crosby was a bit of a surprise, mm-hmm. I would say. Although they, I believe they started the year in the top ten, right, in five a division two, but then Cedar Park, uh, you know, a, a pedigreed program, mm-hmm. right. Gilmer, you know, you're talking about Lindale, I think was a bit of a surprise, surprise yeah. but you know, Howitzville started the year in the top 10, uh, uh, Franklin, I believe started the year in the top 10 to a division one Shiner beat post of post. team that Another we had one. You know, the, yeah. in the top three, I think, um, and then 2A Division II, Mart, of course, the, Div- the defending 2A Division II state champions. For three straight years. For three <laughs> straight years. Uh, and then 1A, Balmeray beat Richland Springs, and and uh, Sterling City beat May. Mm-hmm. Both both teams that we had ranked to start the year. So yeah, I think that even if you zoom out a little bit, mm-hmm. and you look it at the still state finalists, holds true. you would still say, you know what, yeah, these these teams the fundamentals held mm-hmm. the fundamentals for the most part held i think even more so in 2020 with so much chaos going on than they even normally does mm-hmm. so you can see my piece up on texasfootball.com where we discuss in a chaotic season in a chaotic season why did texas high school football se- get more predictable that's hot take tuesday
0: and then cue out the air guitar <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hot take Tuesday. (laughs) We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. All right, Pickle. We've got one more thing to do today. And that is to take a look at. Start with our, our 2020 college football postmortems. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a look at the uh, 2020 college football postmortems. The 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas are going to do three a day each day uh, through the course of the week. We're going to do uh, go in alphabetical order for the most part. We switch up a couple of them because I don't want to do Texas and Texas A&M on the same day. Yeah. simple. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start at the top. We're going to start with the Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears uh, in Dave Aranda's first year go 2-7. and seven on the year. Not ideal. Disappointing. So we're going to hand out some grades. First grade for the offense. Offensive grade, D+. And I think I'm being a little bit generous.
0: Yeah, considering that they didn't know what in the world to do with their quarterback. So
1: a lot of this comes down to, obviously, like, not pushing the ball down the field, right? They were 109th in the nation in yards per pass with Mm -hmm. Charlie Brewer. Uh, Not pushing the ball down the field. That's okay, you can live like that mm-hmm. if you're running the ball effectively. But
0: yeah. they didn't do that either. No, so you can't play conservative in the passing game with a veteran no. quarterback. <laughs> right.
1: Right. And as a result, they ended up just not, you know, now part of it I think is that they couldn't protect Charlie Brewer very right. well. Um and and that's that's obviously part of it. But I think overall the offense sputtered because a well a, a lot of it comes down to the offensive line. I think the offensive line underachieved. They weren't able to protect Jelly Brewer. They weren't able to establish the run uh, with any sort of consistency. And then, at that point, they were not able to adjust to be able to push the ball down the field and get any sort of offensive consistency. Mm -hmm. So, Baylor's offense, for me, gets a D plus. On the defensive side, a little bit more bullish. Yeah. Defensive side, I'm going to give them a B. I like this. Now, we thought Dave Dave Aranda, of course, was the longtime defensive coordinator for LSU. Mm Mm-hmm. We figured that the defense was going to be pretty good whenever he took over, and I would say it is at least on schedule, if not a little bit ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. I thought they were pretty good. I thought the secondary was pretty darn solid. Yep. I thought that the pass rush was okay. And um, they
0: lost some key pieces on their defensive side of the ball this year, too, mm-hmm. so that was big.
1: They got beat up a little bit, uh, uh, run of the ball, a mm-hmm. little bit, but overall, I would say that they were a team that Defensively, lived up to expectations. I thought that they they especially they had some strength in the secondary Mm -hmm. and I think that that shone through in a way that kept them in games while their offense was really struggling. Mm -hmm. So for Baylor I would give them a B on the defensive side. So now let's go to um, Team MVP. Team MVP. I'm going to give it to Jalen Petrie their defensive back. I thought he was their best overall player. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that he was a guy that led that secondary in a real way. Um, and as a result, I think that he is going to, uh, you know, I, I, I believe he is now gone uh, for the, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's leaving or is he back? Is Jalen Petrie back? I think he's gone. Let's see. Jalen Petrie is, <ostracized> I'm looking at this. No, Jalen Petrie should be coming back. So I think that's a, a guy that, that I he think... Coming is coming back
0: because of COVID?
1: Yeah. Rule? Okay. Yeah, he's coming back. I think he's going to get one more. He, he's he's at least taking
0: that bigger. COVID redshirt. So I would, say
1: that, I would say that he is going to... You know, he's a guy that I think is very solid and a guy that you can build that secondary around. So as a result, he gets my team a VP. So what do we do as far as going forward in 2020? Do better. 2021. 2021. So... You can't okay. go two and seven. <laughs> you can't go two and seven. That's that's a really that's a really interesting way to put that. Okay. Yeah. Can't go two and seven. A tough, you know, tough but fair. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing. They do bring back a decent amount of that defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. They bring back a good amount of that defense, and I, I think it's reasonable to expect the defense to take a modest step forward. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that they do bring back a fair amount of their defense. The offense is going to be doing some retooling. Mm -hmm. Charlie Brewer's transferring. They're going to need to, you know, they're going to need to... um,
0: Fedora has to find someone that he
1: trusts. Oh, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing, for sure. Like, you've Um, got to find someone that you can use. you know, you don't know who they're they're going to pick. But, you know, they're losing John Lovett. John Lovett's transferring Mm -hmm. as well. A lot of these guys are moving. But I think maybe they could use a refresh offensively. Mm -hmm. Now, they are going to, um, you know... They're, you know, they're they're going to figure out. Jeff Grimes, the new offensive coordinator, he's going to step step in and be their offensive coordinator, uh, moving in from BYU. Can they find a way to fit the pieces they have on campus? Mm -hmm. Do they have a quarterback on campus right now? Like we don't know. Like uh, you know, whether you're talking about some of the backups that they kind of refused to play, yeah, (laughs) uh, or you're talking about some of the newcomers. Do they have a quarterback on campus? And furthermore, do they have the pieces around them and can that offensive line take a step forward I think Mm -hmm. that's a big question I think a lot of a lot of times you look at kind of what they have coming back and you'd be like oh I don't know if that's necessarily going to be great what I will say though is with that that with Jeff Grimes coming in and taking over the uh, taking over the offense maybe that's a positive Mm -hmm. maybe he gets a more of a clean slate to install what he wants right so I think a disappointing year for Baylor in year one a day of veranda we'll see what year two has so that's Baylor now move on to the Houston Cougars, who of course were coming off of such a strange 2019, and then they follow that up with a strange 2020. Although everybody had a strange 2020.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's start with the offense. And the offense. I'm going to give a C plus. Okay. Um, I thought that Clayton Toon was actually pretty good. Yeah. I thought that they were a- I thought that they were able to do some things offensively, passing the ball. That I. I'll be honest. I thought Clayton Toon impressed me more than I thought he would. Mhm. Uh, they were not able to run the ball. As consistently as would have given them an extra boost, mm-hmm. I think. In the end, they they average about thirty points a game. You should be able to win games we'll giving up thirty points a game. Overall, I thought that it was a. I thought that the offense underachieved a little bit, uh, and and at least uh, they they had some consistency issues. Um, and as a result, that kind of held them back from from probably making that next step and finishing with a winning record.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I think you can look at it too, kind of like the, the TCU. Like Clayton Toon surprised us, and he did really mm-hmm. well. But you can't ask him to do everything. No. they have to fill out some
1: pieces. No, I think I think that's absolutely right. So, I'm going to go with a C plus for Houston. I thought that they were okay offensively. On the defensive side, I give them a C minus. I believe, right? Yeah, you give them just a C. Give them a C. Give them a C. Okay, I'd probably get that closer to a C minus and a C, but or a C plus. But, um, this was a team that. You know it's it's weird, and and maybe I just need to get out of my own head. But when I think of great Houston defenses, I think of secondaries that force a ton of turnovers. Yeah. And the plain simple matter of it is that they just didn't. Um, they were 115th in interception rate this year, which is just not what they do. There, you know. Now look, I thought that the the secondary was was okay. I thought their I thought their front seven was better than their back four. Mm-hmm. But this was a defense that again. Struggled with consistency, especially struggled with consistency against the pass, and just plain and simple, they couldn't get off the field. You know what I mean? They couldn't yeah. get off the field and they were unable to come up with that big splash play. This is a Houston defense that and maybe this is just the way, maybe again, I'm just I'm stuck in my own head, but Houston defenses to me are are triggered by splash plays. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't make a ton of splash plays. They didn't, you know, they they were able to to get a good pass rush, and that was probably their best asset is mm-hmm. that they were able to they were, their pass rush was probably their best asset uh but you know Peyton Turner et cetera. but I would say that is it was a that that consistency with not being able that 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 consistency of, of finding a way to get off the field and make that big play just never came around for them
0: well like you said too if they're if an offense that isn't even fully filled out is yes. averaging like 30 points a game there's no reason that they should have lost as many as they. They needed to finish. They needed yes. their defense to finish out those really close games that they yes. had a couple times and they just couldn't. I thought
1: their front seven was better than their back four. Yes. And if their back four had been a little bit better or come up with those big plays, that, you know. I mean, this was a team that was in the top 10 in sack rate. I mean, mm-hmm. they were really good up front, uh, but the problem was they could not they could not with the they if they weren't getting the, the quarterback, if they weren't getting the quarterback then they were in trouble. Mhm. Um Team MVP, I'm going to give it to Grant Stewart, their linebacker. Mm-hmm. I thought that he was their overall best player. There's was a team that, that, um, you know, I thought I thought was okay against the run, but more importantly, he was a really aggressive pass rusher and and probably one of their best cover guys, mm-hmm. dropping him into coverage. I thought Grant Stewart was really good uh, for Houston. Uh, no wonder he's going off the NFL draft, but he yeah. is a guy that I would say is He prob-
0: pushed that front seven yeah. over the line, like over the threshold. I agree.
1: So— Let's look forward to 2021. Maybe it'll finally be a a, a normal year for for uh, Dana Holgerson. Wouldn't that be weird?
0: <laughs> yeah, Can't can't say um, I thought about that ever happening. Yeah,
1: um, is a team that brings back a fair amount of the offense. Mm-hmm. Right, Clayton Tune's back. Um, they, they've got a, you know they are losing guys like Marquez Stevenson. He's going early to the NFL draft. Um, they are losing guys like Keith, or Keith Corbin's in the transfer portal, uh, but they are bringing in a couple of impact transfers, which, again, is a Dana Holgerson staple. Mm-hmm. Most notably, Sean Carter, the Texas Tech wide receiver, is transferring in. To me, I I need to see, especially in on the defensive side, um, I need to see that secondary take the next step and become a little bit more consistent mm-hmm. if I'm going to start believing it, believing in them you know, making that leap in, in year three under Dana Holgerson. This is, it's weird because normally... Year three is when you say, All right, this is when the coach has got to make his move.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I first of all, I get the feeling I, I get the feeling that the Houston um uh the, the Houston powers that be are committed to Dana Holgerson long term. Mm-hmm. And also I wonder if they kind of put an asterisk next to both of these first two years, right? right. Obviously in twenty in twenty nineteen, with the D.R. King thing and just all the red shirts and the kind of you know, uh, uh, tanking in the middle of the season. Right. I say it, and then in twenty twenty, obviously with the pandemic, I do wonder. And they were, by the way, impacted hard by the pandemic, mm-hmm. not by their own outbreaks, but by everyone around them getting it, getting right, having outbreaks.
0: I I think that's my thing. I don't think that they he has to go out and produce like this like football-wise, like nine-win season or anything like that. I just want to see some sort of a culture form in that program that people can actually buy into and not focus. Like, whenever we talk about Houston, it's never about how they're playing on the field. It's whatever drama is going on throughout all of it. Like, just show me a program. (laughs) Right.
1: So there's Houston, their 2021 postmortem. Let's round it all out with... The Caw. North Texas Mean Green. Aren't you excited to do this? No. North Texas if <laughs> you miss it. Do better. North Texas uh finishes the year 4 and 6, 3 and 4 in conference. Offensive grade. I'm going to give him a C plus. I don't I don't know if I have a ton of complaints about the offense. Yeah. Um once they figured out the quarterback yes. scenario, they then had it got they violent. had one of the very best receivers in in the nation. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um one of the very best receivers in the nation. Once they settled on a quarterback, mm-hmm. right? They were they were able to to, to sit in and, and and feel like they they knew what they were doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They were I'll go to I'll go to my grave saying that whenever they were able to run the ball. Effectively, they were one of the more unstoppable offenses in yeah in that middle Tennessee state.
0: game they had where they ran for they were able to run the ball effectively yards.
1: They, they had bouts of inconsistency <laughs> mm-hmm. but overall I thought that the offense looked pretty good yeah I thought, you know it, this was not the um you know the offenses of old for Mm-mm. North Texas no, right? no. it's not the Mason Fine vintage offense Mm-mm. but it was pretty good yeah it was pretty good Once I
0: think c- they figured it out
1: yeah. I think C plus is right where they right mm-hmm. where they deserve to be. On the offensive side.
0: And you were exactly right on the defense. side. Start grade. the defense. A big fat F.
1: I don't think there's any way you could, you could go with anything else. No, they failed. <laughs> I mean, if you are looking for bright spots, mm-hmm. they were decent at getting after the quarterback. Not great. No. They were decent about getting after the quarterback. Okay? And that's being generous. They were decent. Um, I don't know, I think they were spectacular. I thought they were decent. Pretty much everything else. The secondary was extra butt. The secondary was very bad. The run like the run defense was horrible. Mm-hmm. They were astonishingly bad. Okay? This is a team that gave up 44 points a game, guys. Mm-hmm. 44 points a game. They gave up 517 yards per game on average. Yeah, and that's They just... gave up half a dime on average every timeout. The, the defense was a disaster. An mm-hmm. abject disaster. And they wasted what was a decent offense mm-hmm. that if you just put an average... If you, I, I mean this sincerely. If you put an average defense out there, nothing spectacular. Mm-mm. You put an average middle-of-the-road defense out there, this is a seven-win team.
0: Right, and that was the thing. If you even go back to the Mason Fine years, mm-hmm. it was the defense that kept them from taking that step forward and winning a bowl game or winning the conference championship when they made it. And it's like, I don't necessarily understand if it's just recruiting issues with the defensive side of the ball, if it's coaching issues, but Seth Luttrell has Got to find people to put in charge of this defense to get them to do anything, because yeah. the offense has been pretty stinking consistent his yeah. entire career. There, I mean, there.
1: They, they they struggled a little bit in 2019 mm-hmm. as they were kind of they had a bit of an identity crisis yep. and um you know they couldn't really figure out what they were doing, <clears throat> but 2020 like the, the offense was fine again. I don't have any major complaints Mm-mm. with the offense, um but the defense
0: they'll never we'll take f- a step forward if they can't figure no. out a defensive Fair. staff that can get these guys to
1: produce. Terrible. Uh, the team MVP, I think, is easy. Oh, everyone knows. Uh, it's Jalen Darden, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the third leading receiver in the nation. If you didn't know that, uh, maybe maybe people don't know this. No. I don't know. If, I don't know if people are know exactly how good he was this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like he, like Devonte Smith, lapped the field on everybody, uh, right? In, as far as receiving is concerned. But like he had the second most touchdowns in the nation by a large margin. Mm-hmm. Okay, by a large margin. Um. You know, it, it was it was Devonte Smith at twenty three, mm-hmm. Jalen Darden at nineteen. The next guy's at twelve. Yeah. Okay. Seventy four catches, one thousand one hundred ninety yards, nineteen touchdowns. No wonder he's off to the NFL. We wish him well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Darden was a superstar. And that's for not North Texas. to
0: mention, like we said earlier, there was no quarterback identity for almost the first half of that season, and right. he still put up numbers like that with a quarterback going, well, we don't really know which one we're playing. Right. You know, right. it wasn't like he had Mason throwing to him.
1: No. So. Look in, early look at 2021. Um, obviously, they lose Darden, okay. who was their their most consistent weapon. They they have actually been hit relatively hard by the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Jason Bean's gone. Jason
1: Bean's gone. Trey Siggers has gone. Um, a fair number of the the the, the defense is gone maybe for better or for worse, but like Cameron Johnson's transferring to UCLA. They are bringing in a couple of guys, including John Davis from, from Texas tech. But again, a lot of this comes down to whether or not you think that that defense can take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're going to have a decent amount of turnover, about 40% of their production is going to be turned over, um, on the defense. Is that a good thing? Like, do you want experience that was bad or do you want new blood? That's always kind of a big question. right? um, I think the, I think it's reasonable to expect that the offense is going to be about as good as it was.
0: Mm-hmm. I they think just got fair. a new quarterback commit today. The old yes. North Carolina uh, Jace Rudder. North
1: Carolina uh, quarterback Jace Rudders is transferring in. He's going to compete for the yeah. starting job. I think that he would probably be m- no worse than co-favorite to take right. over the job. Yeah. Um. But I think that you yeah. know I think it's reasonable to expect that I think we know what we're going to get for the most part. I think if you take a look at 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 you know the offenses that Seth Littrell has put together consistent. You know more or less what you're going to get. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're sometimes they're like an A minus. Sometimes they're a, a, a C, but like it's somewhere in between, mm-hmm. right? You, they're, they're almost never going to be an F. It's all up to the defense, right? They, I mean, Yeah. I, I, I hate to say it, but um.
0: And they just made those hires the other day right. too, but they they have to
1: get it figured out. <laughs> it, I mean, if they don't, then you know they're going to be in trouble, and you know. Look, they're they're bringing in they're bringing in Phil Bennett. Phil Bennett's a veteran. Phil Bennett's a guy who knows his way around defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a he's a uh, 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 he's a journeyman. We'll say that. <laughs> uh, this is it's the tenth different school he'll be at. He's got his work cut out for him, and a lot of this comes down to whether or not he can figure it out and put that defense in a position to go from F to C. We're not asking for them to be mm-hmm. A plus. We're asking them to go from F to C.
0: And, yeah, I think that says a lot, too, about where the head coaching job lies is mm-hmm. if he can get that done this year. Because I'm not ready to say he's on the hot seat just yet, but
1: if are if churning. If, if, they have d- a, if they have a bad year, if they have a bad year, then you can start it's talking. It's in talks. It's in talks. I'll take that. So that is your North Texas postmortem. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's Second Favorite Segment. Final thoughts?
0: Um, I had something, and I should have written it down. I don't remember what it that's was. That's very helpful.
1: Thank you for saying that.
0: Oh, I was gonna say we are uh, coming out at two today. We are releasing who won the Community Connector School oh, of the Year great. award. So that'll uh, it'll be on social and on the website. On so,
2: social?
0: On social, Yeah. Okay. So that's a that's big doings for us. Suddenly okay. is presenting it. So great.
1: Fantastic. I know that that's been blowing up on TexasFootball.com as the voting is concerned. So mm-hmm. check out our social media platforms at the 2 o'clock. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram Instagram.com slash Campbell's, And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, I heard you got a new job. Please get your player of the year, <laughs> Toby. We'll see you tomorrow with Greg Powers, next level athlete, Texas Football tonight.